Well, hey, it's been a while. It's uh, April 16th, 2020. We're still in virus zone across the globe. So we all share that in common. Amazing. April 16th, this is Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And I'm about to take a walk at 10 to 9 in the morning. And it's 66 degrees, folks. And there's a typical Arizona sky here, which is no clouds, nowhere. Just blue, sun is up. And 66 is on the cool side. But uh, so I got shorts and a T-shirt. And for April 16th, I'm probably very fortunate to be enjoying this. And in the sun, it's really comfy. So I'm walking down the street now with Bud. Bud hasn't got his walk. He's pretty excited about this. And Bud was, we were up late last night, and I had I carried Bud upstairs. So He's five years old, and, you know, he's so he looks really good. And maybe he'll go 10, 15 years. I don't know, Bud. I don't want to think about your demise. Cute little dog. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, end of life. End of life. I And I had a thought about this uh, podcast. In that our surroundings impact us so much. I mean, I'm, I'm outside. And I'm looking at just miles away, clear skies, relatively very calm scene, you know. But what if I was in New York City, in Manhattan, and I was looking at the Statue of Liberty, and there's ships going by, maybe not so many ships now in this environment, and just the hustle and bustle of a city and all the distraction you get. And I just, I've been engaging with uh, someone in um, South Africa, I think close to Namibia. And their their surroundings completely different. I've seen some pictures. It's a little bit like Arizona in some places, desert look. And then some of you could be anywhere in the, in the country. Uh, but your surroundings impact you if you're in a city, out in the country. And it, and it impacts our mindset. So for me, I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't even know because it's like that, that old fish in the water thing. So I know it's April 16th. And for me, I know what's going to happen in the next four to six weeks. So <clears throat> I'd like to, I'd like to run outside and exercise. I'm not, I know, I notice that I'm, I'm not very speedy, but it, it's a good thing that to run and my legs are okay hanging in there and um i and i was going to the gym so the gym is out of the question i really liked my routine before this virus came i was doing lifting i like bench press and the stuff so now i have to do push-ups and learning about that little change of routine there and i'm watching my weight because i've been watching my weight all this time and I'm not doing as well without the gym. So I guess that gym helps me. And um, 
I don't know why I talked about that. But. So I'm outside and running, and, and anyway, I'm talking about the change in weather coming for us. So for many of you, you might be in a weather situation where you're looking forward to the spring, which we're, we're probably in that now, and then the summer <clears throat> coming, and, and like the future is looking really good for you, especially, you know, if you're thinking we'll get the virus over, which, of course, I wouldn't mind having that over, too. But what I'm faced with is June 1st. It, it, in May, it starts to get in the 90s. And then it's going to start going into the hundreds. And at this time of day, it's going to be, by June, it'll probably be like 98, 100 degrees. And I'll be, uh, be baking out here. It'll just be too hot. So then my lifestyle changes to getting up really early, like five in the morning, 5.30. And then my routine will change. I'll probably take Bud for a walk super early when it's only 85 degrees, going up to 110 or something. So yeah, that's what I have to look forward to in the next few months. Now I'm optimistic on these job interviews. I don't. I really don't know how they're going to go. I had. I enjoyed this uh, convoy company. They're disrupting the trucking industry. They're up in Seattle, so that could be a great combo. Go work up in Seattle in the summer. Travel. Do that job. That'd be fun. You know. I don't know. And so how does that go with, and then I've got this book, I got my book, you know, and uh, it's the old following what I'm, the path, right? So I guess I'm getting more comfortable with this, this message. And I don't know where the how it's going to play out, right? That's the, we don't know if there's an asteroid going to hit there. Hey, is that Janet? All right. Good morning. Did you have a good walk? All right. Hey, I was thinking if those Chicago people, if they contact you, let them know and say, hey, if you want to invite some of your other Chicago friends, they can stay at our house. What's that? Well, yeah, they'll probably, her plan is probably to stay, everybody stay at your house. Yeah, at, say, hey, if you want to invite some more people. But, but they don't have it fixed yet. They're still waiting, right? Oh, they, oh, they scheduled it way, way back. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, you too. So I'm angling for some cash <laughs> to uh, this kind of these people that got us help us get us started on VRBO. And what what lesson did I learn? I learned some lesson. I mean, it's like you can sweat it out, or you can like 
network. So that was like networking. That was a little bit of networking there. I did. Which introverts, some of you are, might be introverted. I think I'm extroverted, right? I mean, and I think maybe introverts have an advantage of intelligence because <laughs> you, may not, you may not like this, but, you know, well, introverts are always smarter because you don't say anything just to make yourself sound stupid. <laughs> so the less you say, the smarter you are. <laughs> Maybe I should should make the title of the podcast that. The less you say, the smarter you are. Hey, Eileen, I just came up with something about introverts. Introverts are always smarter because the less you say, the smarter you are, right? <laughs> are you telling me, you're telling me that's true? Because <laughs> the less you say, the smarter you are. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Eileen walking a couple of dogs. The less you say, the smarter. <laughs> At least from appearance, right? This is all about appearances. Because we're all we all have this massive amount of knowledge, intelligence. This is like this is maybe I'm teaching myself here. The less I say, the smarter. You are. Yeah. Yeah. There's some bikes. So this is like, this is like, uh, I don't know what this time of. Maybe this well starting out. Morning. So there's more people outside, but of course I was saying that my local situation is about the weather. So April 16th can mean something very different for you, wherever you are. So I don't, you know, I don't know this. There is no answer to some of these things. We're just kind of, we're kind of, this is where the government is dictating to us what we do. I mean, there's no restaurants open, so you can't go to a restaurant. Just, yeah. And then, like, a lot of people have already, they've already gone through the phase of, like, talking about the new normal, the new normal. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's kind of a fun thing for someone to say. I don't know what, what I, I don't know what, uh, my conclusion is nothing like that. There's never been a normal, really. Has there ever been? <laughs> if it's a new, if there's a new normal, then there must have been an old normal. But I don't even think there was an old normal. There was maybe a common, an old common thing. But even that was different for everybody, right? I mean, we're so, so myself included, I'm just so blinded by my circumstances and whatever they are. And then I was just, you know, we have this, event, which I'm becoming more and more convinced that, like, 
just the whole concept of these uh, organized religious structures just by the fact that they exist kind of blows the message. Kind of like just kind of like messes up the whole message. And by message, I you know, it's like the imposing beliefs on people and that whole harmonious view. So if you remember, I'm like I'm not harmonious, but I am inclusive. So, so it's a weird combo. Totally inclusive. Everybody's welcome, right? Everybody's included. Come as you are, I guess is what you say. And uh, we don't have to all have the same beliefs, but I mean, we could celebrate this message that we're uh, created beings. And I'm starting to use the artificial intelligence language, right? So some people are fearful of robots and artificial intelligence and that kind of things. But we, every human being is philosophically artificial intelligence. So we're all artificial intelligence. We just have, what do we have? We have a clock on us that ends at some point. And if we get in a car accident, sick, or something happens, we our clock is over. But are we spiritual beings? I, you know, in this moment, I feel very spiritual. And what does that really mean? How do I? I'm just using the words. They're kind of vague, right? What does that mean to be spiritual? It's something only you can internalize and conceptualize. And I can't define it for you. At least I don't think so. I, mean, I don't even know if it's worth trying to define it. It's just sort of a acceptance or something. And that's where the introverts are so great because the less you say, the smarter you are. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> but I'm your podcast host, so I have to say more. So the more I say, the less intelligence I will become. But I got to fill the spot now, right? I got to fill the time. And uh, there's some people I can hear noises in the background. There, plants still go on, and people come out and blow dust, blow leaves, clean up stuff. This is the uh, uh, trees, the Palo Verde trees have these yellow flowers. And usually they peak on April 8th, is what I've noticed, between April 8th and 10th. We are 16th, so it's a week later, so more and more of these flowers are falling down into the streets. And now this homeowners association pays some people to clean it. Nice. I guess we we pay something every month. So what kind of luxury that is? That's pretty luxurious. But even if you live in a city or somewhere, you have garbage pickup or somebody's cleaning something. You know. And did I choose to, you know, oh, I need to live in a place with a 
homeowners association. No, I didn't choose this. I just have it. And uh, here comes someone running, which is good. On the concrete, a little bit of running on the edge. I'm more on the asphalt. Morning. That's usually me sometimes. Nothing. And I get it. You get in a zone when you're running. You're like, what am I doing? It's like, it is painful. I don't know if it's painful, but it's definitely effort. It takes an effort. So, there you go. On the spiritual realm, artificial intelligence. You know, my, my, I had my 94-year-old mom call me this morning in a little bit of a panic. And she's her brain is sort of like moving faster now. She's reached the point. I I would say her this was a moment where I noticed her brain was she wanted to express something, but she was struggling to express it. So she was getting frustrated with herself. So it's that's that's another reason why I think of artificial intelligence because my mom has been very articulate, very intelligent person, and she knows. And there's part of the brain that wants to express something, and the the part of her brain that would would normally just flow to articulation is the breakdown you know so I, it's like and and so what do i i'm also thinking about i'm no expert on this right am i just making this shit up and it's like well not exactly you know i don't have a phd in brain science but i've been exposed enough to the, the subject to be able to comment and we've all heard about the different parts of the brain, the amygdala, the um, frontal lobes and different parts of the brain and how the brain processes things. And uh, so, yeah, it's like my mom's smart, but she's 94. So, I, you know, I don't know what that means. I mean, with these, with the medical technologies these days i don't know maybe she'll live 30 years oh that's a bit crazy to think that long but i just we just don't know right and from the spiritual standpoint you've got uh this mystery of god right and is it all a chess game for him like uh the timing of things. So I don't know. I don't know. But so should I get peace? So there was uh, the Hebrews I was reading this morning, nine and ten, and they believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. And I'm I'm good with that. I mean, I think at the very end he said the guy says I, I Paul write this. So I don't know why anyone needs to debate it. But it is what it is. It's an unusual book 
the book of Hebrews. And to me, it's all, I think they probably called it the book of Hebrews because most of his letters say like to the church of Philippi, the church of Colossae and stuff. So the book of Hebrews just starts out and, and it's like he's talking to Jewish people. And so we know from the book of Acts that, I mean, Paul's Jewish guy all the way through. And even when he traveled around and did his journeys, he would stop at the synagogues everywhere. He was always talking to the Jewish people. So it makes sense that he would make write some kind of book specifically for Jewish people. And I don't know where it went to or where it was sent to or who got it, you know. But you can tell from reading it, it's, it's, it's connecting the dots, someone might say, between, okay, we, we've been for a thousand years Jewish people, and back to Abraham and Moses, and, you know, this is all a flow, Jesus, Jew, born of Judah. And so he gets into all the, the covenants, Melchizedek, some complicated things. That a Jewish person would know, like a Gentile would be like, yeah, what, what? Melchizedek, what's that all about, right? So my, what I've been discovering the last year in this reading is this, this Jewish Gentile thing was a really big deal for Paul. And I don't know why we don't think about it, but we, we just don't seem to. We kind of like just take verses and slap them onto things and, and so forth. So I really like the Hebrews. And uh, morning. So uh, this this morning, these two chapters near the near the end, he's, he's been building about how uh, Jesus is a high priest and how it all kind of fits together that um, God orchestrated the priesthood, the tabernacle, to be a foreshadowing of of Christ who died uh, as the Lamb of God and even the Exodus taking people out of slavery. So if you're, you know, most likely you're a Gentile Christian and I struggle with this of being free, having a freedom of mind, right? I mean I've I got I've been so trapped in my limiting beliefs. And I still, still fighting through that. And and maybe you would get victory over some limiting beliefs, and we still have others. So we just kind of go through that. Hey, morning. And uh, I mean, I just observed this. This person was smiling more than the last person I saw. But what you know, whatever. I mean, some. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. This this one was smiling. She could have been just as much as an introvert as the one that wasn't smiling. But we didn't really exchange any words. And I'm not judging them. I'm just observing, right? This is the observing thing. And what is God calling me to do? Just love everyone, right? I mean, dang, it's so tempting to, like, make judgments on people. And I've done it. I mean, I do, you know. So, uh, where was I going with Hebrews? Yeah, so... The whole book is kind of like building this, um, I want to say, I guess I would say argument, which I hate to say argument, but building this position that Paul has about how much greater Jesus is and how he had done the, 
the death once for all and that the priests don't have to bring blood into the inner sanctuary anymore because Christ has done that. And, and it gets to this verse 927, which I can't stand. It so upsets me with the, the Gentile Christians who have, and especially the evangelistic types. They love to take Hebrews 927 and say, you know, it says something like, in and as much, and in as much as it is appointed for man to die once, and after this comes judgment. And they stop with that, and they're like, they, they use that verse as like a scare tactic as you talk to or sell the Christian faith to others, you know. And there's a whole philosophical thought I have been having about is God calling us to sell the faith or market the faith? <laughs> and that difference between marketing and sales, which is a complicated subject. What is the difference between marketing and sales? And I would say like, the preaching of the gospel is basically marketing. And God is the closer, right? That's how I would I would summarize it right now. The Holy Spirit is the closer. And all we are is marketers. I kind of like that. I, I can go with that. Bud, what about you? You want to take a break here in the shade? So um, that's a little bit of a diversion. But you marketing people might like it. So God's called us to marketing, not to selling. But the selling technique is using that verse, Hebrews 9.27, is to try to close somebody. You're like, wow, well, if you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven or hell? You know, And so that, I just accepted that for many years. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, pull out the verse, Hebrews 9.27. But as I read in context, I'm like, no, this is so stupid. It's not even a full sentence. And then it starts, so Christ. It's like all about Christ. It's not about individuals judgment dying tonight that's like yeah it's appointed for man to die once we're all going to die you know it's all our artificial intelligence and uh but that verse that that portion of a sentence is not to be used to try to coerce someone into fear of like oh my gosh what if i die tonight will i go to heaven and I, I've got a great answer for everybody now. And it's kind of, I discovered that this morning. Everybody should answer the question. Yes, if I die tonight, I am going to go to heaven. But that's not the question. You know, The question is, will I stay in heaven? <laughs> so all those, it also makes me laugh about Rob Bell, who's like, he wrote this thing called Love Wins, and all these people call him a heretic and stuff because he's, He's the opinion that nobody's going to hell, right? Or everybody's going to heaven, either way you look at it. But in the one argument, you can say, well, yeah, everybody's going to go to heaven. You know, it's just, are you going to stay there? You know, <laughs> and I, I don't know the answer, but it's fun to, to mess with people on that. So if you have a strong opinion on that, I don't know what your opinion is on it. I and I don't even, I don't think it's important for me to know. I mean. Did it, who made any of us God? None of us are God, right? So I, I'm pretty sure God called us to love one another, love people. So that's what 
I will do. He didn't call me to, to be smart and be all knowledgeable and have all the theology and philosophy figured out. No, that's not our calling. Our calling is to love. Here, here comes another little dog and a little boy and his mom. They're so happy. Little dog and mom. Good morning. So it looks like you're ready to go for a run. Well, no, you. You're all dressed up for... Do you run? Are you going to go run? So what What do you do? Like five miles, three miles? Okay, cool. Do you do like 10K races and stuff? All right. Well, good. Good luck. Keep going. Runners. Here we are runners. Are we running? Running the race. So, yeah, so... I'm reading that Hebrews 9 and 10, and it's just like, he just wanted us to be confident. It's all about confidence, right? And how much shame and guilt that I guess I'm processing. And uh, shame because I speak out against my denomination or, <laughs> or I'm critical. And they, they just want people to be harmonious and get along. Don't question the shepherds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, and the only way you can question it is is to actually read the stuff. And it's not that hard. I just read it over and over. I'm not a genius, but I'm like, dude, you you guys skipped all this stuff. What would you skip all this for? You know? Is it possible that all you care about is being accurate and being knowledgeable? Being right, he's like, "Where's the love, baby? Where's the love?" I'm such a hippie. And uh, yeah, yeah. So what else have I been up to? I, I'm kind of a a nutty person, so I'm on LinkedIn. A little side side riffing story for you is uh, Elizabeth with an S. That's like a German spelling. Kemp, good German name. Kemp the University of Chicago, the Booth Institute of Finance. For some reason, she looked at my profile. So um, normally, I guess I see people look at my profile, and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm not going to engage. It's nice when a recruiter looks at your profile. But she's not a recruiter. She's a professor. Yeah, but I know she's from Germany, I can see, and... She's got a PhD in finance. And I don't know. So I just, I'm just bold. I'm just like maybe a, a pain in the butt. And you can't really call me a stalker because she's the one that looked at my profile, not me. So she's, if anyone's a stalker, she started the stalking. Man. But, you know, I just, I sent her a note and said, yeah, I, normally I just let this stuff go, but I always like the Germans. So, if somebody uh, from Germany checks me out, I always like follow up. Say, what can I do for you? <laughs> what triggered this search? How did they find me? Did they search on BMW, Germany, engines, what? You know? 
anyway, so we'll see if anything comes out of that. She's probably, again, super smart person, incredibly intelligent. Right? So what do we, this, this helps me with my uh, Gaussian model and the outlier business and thinking everybody is an outlier. So one new book could be the outlier mindset. And I think I may have talked about that before. You've got the fixed mindset, you know, where everything's fixed. We got to redistribute the wealth. Okay, I had a little interruption there, and uh, Vegas boy called me, Vegas man, and I was talking about confidence. I, you know, it's it's kind of tough because you know God wants us to have confidence, and and uh, a lot of it. And, and, and what is the sin, shame, and guilt thing? Is that holding us back? I mean, does that hold everybody back? And I'm, I'm kind of messing around with that in my head. So I need to talk it out because I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, I'm over it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not full of game and show, uh, game, game, shame and guilt or, or game and shilt. I guess I was doing like my mom. I'm, uh, my brain's messing up the uh, articulation from the thoughts. Anyway, so, uh, and then I bumped into Heather with the two giant schnauzers. So it turns out her family does coffee distribution. They're a bit hurt right now because they do it to um, companies. They do it to individual companies. So, yeah, yeah. So do we, we do that, so. You know, I don't know. We're checking out. The coffee's kind of getting more interesting. But I was talking to Steve about the other job interview I had, and hopefully we'll get something coming here. Um, I am uh, may shut this baby down here soon. But, yeah, if you want, you know, read Hebrews 9 and 10. If you want, just kind of look through it. I'm not teaching it. I'm just saying my what struck me was, again, it's how important the big changes for the Jewish people from the constant yearly sacrifices of blood culminated in Jesus. That's a huge story. That's a huge message. And do we appreciate it? I mean, it was that, that Paul is kind of saying, we, that's where huge confidence can come from, from that. And I told Heather, I'm writing a book. It's coming out. She kind of, kind of maybe I'm spinning it in a bit of, with a bit of sarcasm, but which I don't know if I can avoid. I, mean, I just hey, there's a my riffing on it. There's a runner, somebody running, and uh, gets the heart rate going. That's for sure. And and running reminds me of marathoning. It's so humbling to do like a marathon. It sounds like huge. It is a huge achievement. But you should start with a half, which is amazing, 13. And you, and you psychologically doing a 13-mile run is is uh, a big deal. Because you probably start with a 10K, which is six. So you're doubling. So everything's double. You know, you do a 10K. Oh, yeah, it's tough. Six, six miles might take an hour. 
hour of running. Are you kidding me? Right? It's a mental thing. Then you do a half marathon. Woo, two hours running. Wow, 13. And then someone says, well, let's double that to a full marathon, 26 miles. And I tell you what, that is something else. It's a great experience. Um, I'm done. I finished four. I'm not happy with any of them. I mean, I think probably my first one was my best at four hours and 20 minutes. Hey, see you later. Where'd your son go? Where is he? Oh, he's ahead of you. Okay. And uh, so marathons, yeah. I would love to get less than four hours. But uh, maybe. I know there's some 65-year-old dudes that done it. Because I think I was like 42 when I did my first one, 43. And I was amazed that these 65-year-old dudes were faster than I was, you know. But that's all Gaussian distribution too. I mean, you can. What's fun about some of these thirty thousand runner races is you can look at your age group and see how you did in your distribution. Other age groups. So that's running, and you run against yourself, and that's life. That's the best way to live life. Is against yourself. And maybe, maybe you have that. And now I've already stink. I've already lost what, uh, no, I think that the podcast, yeah, comes coming back to me. The less you say, the smarter you are, you know? So I don't know if I can practice that. That's, that's a, a challenge. But perfection is never going to happen. I'm never going to be perfect. But what message can I leave with you? Grace? Um, being easy on yourself. I have to say, these are things I have to say to myself. I need to hear, hear these myself. And, uh, I, I just don't know. What's going to happen? There's some rocks. There's somebody painting rocks. They're doing kind of cool things out here. And uh, I don't know if I can still podcast and take a picture at the same time. I'm going to find out. We got a dog back here, and we got rocks, and there we are. Let's see what happened here. Oh, I'm still going. Good. And there's a walker. Looks like a runner, but a walker. Oh, there's a nice-looking black lab, and this is dog zone here, and it's warming up. I'm gonna get home. I got five text messages already. So maybe I better attend to that stuff now. So I'll end it here. This is Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodlewalks, April 16th, Blue Sky Day. Up our confidence. We're artificial intelligence. We are it. I am it. I sent out some content. There's a, now I can't stop. I thought of something else. <laughs> There's a guy who wants to use artificial intelligence. It's probably, that's why it's connected. I was thinking artificial intelligence. To, to scroll through the hot social media articles, jumble the words and create a new post 
so you look like you're like hip and cool and hitting the right words and stuff to also generate traffic for yourself. Now, uh, hopefully you look at yourself as a content provider yourself. I'm a, con- I'm a content provider. This does who, uh, hopefully you enjoy this content. It's mine. It's, 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 it's unique. I mean, I'm not generating it from some algorithm, right? But some scientists thought, oh, you know, we're going to do an algorithm, artificial intelligence, apply it, because all these companies, they can't, they really struggle to to generate social media content. I'm like, dude, if you've got, you shouldn't be generating content on social media if you don't have something to say, right? If you don't personally have something to say, what what do you want a computer to generate crap for, you know? Just, just, you're just spamming the world with more content, which is also mixed. And so I sent that around to two marketers and they're, they're much smarter marketers than I am. And I I just have a gut feeling. It's like, there's no point. Every company has to generate their own content. If it's not from you, from your soul, then what is it? Who wants, who wants artificial intelligent article that looks sort of like real and significant just to get a click. I guess getting a click is, is the thing, but I guess you sell clicks. Maybe I'm just missing out on the click, clickbait world. Uh, whereas can we, I guess that's that perennial seller book. You know, this is part of that spending, 20% on content and 80% on marketing. Just push it, push it. And if you use artificial intelligence, computer algorithms to generate your 20% content, you're just diluting it to even more and like crap. I don't know, you, someone's gotta give the message. Someone's gotta be the medium, right? You're the medium is rock belt, let's say. So I guess I'm not all in on this product even though I'm like an affiliate and I can sell it. I'm not that excited about selling it because I just don't believe in it myself. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and I, that's also a sign that I'm just not a pure salesman because a pure salesman would be like, well, it doesn't matter whether I believe in it, I'll just sell it. You know, that's, that's just not, I'm just not, that's not me. And what else, what else, what else? Yeah, I'm thinking about the ESPNing of life. Um, this morning when I was writing in my journal, this is more of a male thing, a sports person would probably get into it, but how many men sit around and watch ESPN sports entertainment? And it's pretty much mostly commentators BSing about what might happen, what could happen. And reading the tea leaves, trying to guess and predict things. Who's going to be the first pick in the draft? Oh, my gosh. It's so important. <laughs> and yet, it's all about, it's all, it's like, a, I guess, a derivative. I guess that's where the money is, maybe, in the derivative. Because it's all, there's there's like thousands of hours of, of content about the Super Bowl, for example. 
tens of thousands of hours of content. And the game is three, four hours long. The actual Super Bowl event is three to four hours. And yet there's probably 10,000 hours of derivative content about the Super Bowl. About the Super Bowl. But it's, you got to play the game. It's just a game. Right? So would I extend that to church? I mean, let's practice our faith. Walk in the spirit. Be in the game. It's a live game. And not have professionals talk about it, comment on it, and tell us we got to do better. You know, tell us what to do. So, okay, I don't know if I can ever practice. I don't know if I'll ever be able to practice. Um, what did I say? Less talk is more intelligent, something like that. Well, I'll figure it out. You'll, you'll know if I figured it out or not. So let's have some grace with some mercy and peace into our lives. And confidence, may it lead to confidence in our walking moment-by-moment lives. Okay? May you be blessed. Amen.